This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Your word is life. Then because your word is light, Father, we worship your name. As we go into your word, we declare your word is spoken unto us. We declare revelation. We declare mysteries are uncovered unto us in the name of Jesus. We declare your word meets us at the point of our need. Thank you, Jesus, for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now, today, I'm going to be talking to us today about the believer's authority. Today, I'll be continuing from, I'll be continuing with the topic, the believer's authority. <clears throat> now, what do we mean by authority? Now, authority means to bear rule. Authority means the power to rule. Authority means the power of rule or government. Authority can also mean the liberty of doing as one pleases. That means that you have the, the freedom of doing as you please. It must be that you have some form of authority. Authority also means the power of one whose will and command must be obeyed. In other words, someone who has authority is someone whose will and command must be obeyed. So authority means to bear rule. Authority means the power to rule. Authority is the power of rule or government the liberty of doing as one pleases. Authority is the power of one whose will and command must be obeyed. So when we talk about the authority of the believer, we are saying that there is, there, is, there is a power that God has given to us as believers in Christ that causes our will and command to be obeyed. There's an influence that God has given us that causes us to exercise dominion in every area of our life. So today I'll be talking to us about the authority of the believer or the believer's authority. Now, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, which is our anchor scripture. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to read from verse 19 to 21 quickly, or to 22. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 19 to 22. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what we believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And had put all things under his feet and gave him to be held over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So our anchor scripture is Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 19, and it says that if you read from verse 18, it actually says the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. It was a prayer that Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus. He says that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what who believe. So Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus that they might know the hope of God's calling, that they might know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and that they might know what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what I believe. Now, power there means the miraculous ability of God. So he was praying for the church in Ephesus that they might know in verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of God's miraculous power or God's miraculous ability towards what we believe according to the working of his mighty power, which we wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus that they might know the exceeding greatness of God's miraculous power towards us that believe. So he was saying that there's a miraculous power 
that God has, that has been that has been vested into us, that God has given to us, that we have access to. So he was praying for them that they might know this miraculous power of God, that they might know the exceeding greatness, how great this miraculous power of God is. And he now relates this miraculous power of God to the power that raised up Jesus from the dead. So he was literally saying that this same miraculous ability and power of God is what was manifested when Jesus was raised from the dead. So he was praying for the church in Ephesus that they might know the exceeding greatness of this miraculous power of God. Now, he now goes further in verse 21. He says that from verse 20, he says, which he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. So he was saying that he was praying for them that they will know the exceeding greatness of God's miraculous power towards us. Who believe he now relates it to the power that raised up Jesus from there, trying to let them know that this same miraculous power of God is the power that was manifested when Jesus was raised from the dead and set at the right hand of God in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power. Power here means an authority and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. So, literally, what he's saying is this that I'm praying for you that you will know the miraculous power of God that raised Jesus from the dead and set him at the right hand of, at my right hand in every places, far above all principality and power and authority and might and dominion and every name that is named. So Paul was letting them know that there's something called the miraculous ability of God. There's something called the miraculous power of God. This same power is the one that raised Jesus from the dead and set him at the right hand of God in every places, far above all principality, all authority, all might, all dominion, and every name that is named. So it was a prayer by Paul to the church in Ephesus that they will know the exceeding greatness of this miraculous power of God. Now, God has given us authority. And this is what we refer to as the authority of the believers. Now, this authority came to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus died and resurrected from the dead, he told the disciples, he says, study ye in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, this power came through the person of the Holy Spirit. He also said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says that, for you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now, power here meant the miraculous power of God, dunamis, the miraculous ability of God. But he was saying that this miraculous ability of God will become at work in you after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So he told them, study in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Jesus was letting them know that there's something called the miraculous ability of God, the miraculous power of God. But you need to tarry because there's someone that needs to come upon you and come into you. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's called the Spirit of God. So this miraculous power of God came to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, for us to be able to walk in this miraculous power and miraculous ability of God, God had to give us authority. We needed to, to gain authority. We needed to be able to bear rule because, you see, I cannot walk in miracle if I don't have authority over that situation. For example, if someone is lame or if someone is blind or if someone is deaf, for me to be able to cast out that deaf spirit, I need authority to exercise power. And so if I don't have authority over that spirit, that spirit of insanity or spirit of deafness or spirit of dumbness, if I don't have authority over it, there's no way I can walk in miracle. There's no way I can cast out that spirit. So the first thing that God did was to give us authority through the person of the Holy Spirit. By this authority now, we can walk in the miraculous ability and power of God. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Now, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Jesus said, he says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, 
all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Now, power here means authority. So Jesus was saying, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So now, Jesus, after he died and resurrected, said to his disciples, he says, all power, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. In other words, now that all authority has been given unto me, now that I have authority over all other authorities, you can now go forth to all nations and preach the gospel. Now you can heal the sick. Now you can walk miracles. Now you can raise the dead. You can teach the gospel of Christ to all nations because all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, also in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 19, you see Jesus say something very instructive there. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Now, power here also meant authority. So Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by shy enemies or to so jesus has said in matthew 28 verse 18 to 20 that all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth go ye therefore and teach he also said in luke chapter 10 verse 19 he says behold i give unto you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies or to so because now he has given to us authority because now we have authority over all other authorities in heaven and on earth now we can Go forth and preach the gospel. Now we can walk in the miraculous power of God. We can walk miracles. We can cast out devils because we have been given authority over them. And this authority was given us through, given to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, this authority that God has given to us is also what we can refer to as delegated power. So we have been given power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. We have God has delegated unto us power. Now we have delegated power. We have authority over all ability of the enemy. Now I want to let us know something that. This authority that's given, that God has given unto us can be manifested in three ways. Now, this authority that God has given to us came through the person of the Holy Spirit. And this authority can be manifested in three ways. The first is, this authority can be manifested in power over unclean spirits. So that's what we call the miraculous power of God. In other words, power over unclean spirits, over all spirits, over all circumstances, ability to work miracles. That's what I mean by authority over spirits, authority over circumstances. So now it's called the miraculous power of God. The second is authority over men. Now this authority over men is working in love because you see, See, ordinarily, when we say authority over men, what comes to mind is you loving it over others. But in Christ, what we mean by authority over men is walking in love. And I will still explain. The third is authority over self, the ability to control yourself, the ability to put yourself under check, the ability to call yourself to order. And I'll show it to us. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, quickly. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. The book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. So I was saying to us that this authority that God has given to us is manifested through us in three different ways. The first is authority over spirits, authority over circumstances, because you see, life is spiritual. The world, everything that we see is controlled by spirits. And so the first is that God has given us authority so that we can walk in power over spirits. The second is authority over men. And this authority over men is not lording it over them, but walking in love towards them. The third is authority over self, ability to control yourself, ability to have self-control, to be disciplined, to be, to be able to call yourself to order. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, look at this. 
2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Look at what Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, I was saying to us that this authority that God gave us came to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, look at what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, letting us know that there was a spirit controlling us before Christ came. Now, he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, one of the things you need to realize is the fact that the reason why man began to walk in fear or man began to walk or big man began to be controlled by the spirit of fear was because man came under the authority of the devil. And it happened in the book of Genesis where man fell and man was tempted by the devil. And the Bible says when they heard the voice of God walking in the garden, they went to hide themselves. And God said, Adam, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, we, I was afraid because we saw that we were naked. We were afraid because we saw that we were naked. And God said, who told you you were naked? But the first thing Adam said was, we were afraid. In other words, fear setting. Never before that time did they ever say that we were afraid. But the first thing that Adam said was, we were afraid because we saw that we were naked. We were afraid. And God said, who told you you were naked? So fear setting. Immediately they came under the bondage of the devil. Immediately they came under the authority of the devil. Immediately they came under his jurisdiction. Fear setting. They said, we were afraid. And that's where the spirit of fear began to work. Now, if you look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, you will see how the Bible explains it. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, you will see how the Bible says that Christ has come to deliver us from fear of death. Now, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, if you read from verse 14, it says, For as much as then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So he says one of the reasons why Christ came was first to destroy him that had the power of death, which is the devil. And verse 15, he says, he also came to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So he was talking about us, the creation, man, how that all our lifetime we were afraid of death. There was something at work in us called the fear of death which he says were all their lifetime we were subject to bondage. So he says that God came to destroy him that had the power of death, which is the de devil, and deliver us who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. Now, I was saying to us that this fear of death set in when man fell, when he began to say that we were afraid because we saw that we were naked, and God said, who told you you were naked? That's why Paul began to say, God has not given us the spirit of fear, because the spirit of fear had been at work in man from the time man fell till Christ came. But now the Bible says in Hebrews 2.15 that he came to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So this spirit of fear put man in bondage, put man under the authority of the devil and it was called bondage now if you also look at romans chapter 8 verse 15 you see romans chapter 8 verse 15 you see paul described this same fear romans chapter 8 verse 15 romans chapter 8 verse 15 it says for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear now remember hebrews 2 15 says that he has come to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So this thing called fear made man to be subject to bondage. He put us under the bondage of the devil, under the jurisdiction, the authority of Satan. Now in that same manner, Romans chapter 8 verse 15, it says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So Paul begins to say, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That means we had been, we had, we had, we are man and had this spirit of 
of bondage that made him to fear. He called it the, he called it the spirit of fear. He also said they were all their lifetime subject to bondage through fear of death. But now he says that we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So we have not received the spirit that puts us in bondage, that puts us under the authority of the devil anymore. He says now we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we call God our Father. So we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, if you go back to 2 Timothy 1, 7, you now understand what Paul was saying when he says we have not received the spirit of fear, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of sound mind, power, and love. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And that's why I was saying that this authority of the believer manifests itself in three different dimensions. The first is authority over spirits, authority over spirits, whether they be unclean spirits or angels, authority over spirits. The second is authority over men, which means walking in love towards men. The third is authority over self. And this word Paul perfectly describes in second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, he says, for God had not given us the spirit of fear. In other words, there was a spirit of fear at work in man all the while from the time my fear, when he said we were afraid because we saw that we were naked. We saw, he says, he delivered them who through fear of death, we are all their lifetime subject to bondage. We also saw he says that we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So he says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he now describes this kind of spirit that God has given us. He says, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, these are the three ways through which the authority that God has given the believer is manifested. It's manifested through power, it's manifested through love, and it's manifested through soundness of mind. Now, the first is power, and I told you it's power over spirits, authority over spirits. The second is love, which is authority over men. That is how we walk in authority over men. The Thought is sound mind. Sound mind here means self-control, self-discipline, ability to call yourself to order. Soundness of mind is self-discipline, self-control, and this authority over self. Now, we'll start with power, which is authority over spirit, the ability to, to control the spirit realm. Now, talking about the first, which is power, it says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So when we have the spirit of fear, we were under the authority of the devil, we were in bondage. But now that we have had, now that we have authority over the devil, which Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, go ye therefore and teach. Or I told them that, behold, I give you power, authority to tread upon sapiens and scorpions and over every ability of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies or to. So there's an authority that has been given to us. Now this authority manifests itself through power, love, and soundness of mind. Now the first is power. And you will see how in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, like I said earlier, it says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now, this is miraculous power, miraculous ability of God, ability to control spirits, not just demonic spirits, but even angels, ability to command angels and make them respond to you. Now, you also see in John chapter 14 verse 12, John chapter 14 verse 12. Let's look at John chapter 14 verse 12. John chapter 14 verse 12. The book of John chapter 14, verse 12. John chapter 14, verse 12. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, Jesus was saying here that, Anyone that believes in me, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto he that believeth on me, the works that I do, in other words, the things that you see me do, the miracles, everything that you see me do, he says, Anyone that believes in me, 
the works that I do shall we do also. In other words, all these miracles that you see me do, all these works that I do by the power of God, by the authority that God has given me. He says, anyone that believes on me, you will see the person do these works and you will see the person do greater works because I go to the Father. And the reason why he said because I go to the Father is because he said, if I do not go to the Father, then the comforter cannot come. So he knew that going to the Father meant the Holy Spirit coming to us. And the Holy Spirit coming to us meant bringing authority, power, ability to walk in the miraculous power of God. Now you also see how in Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16 from verse 17. He says that in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Now, this is talking about this ability, this miraculous power of God, which he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. This is the ability to control spirits, ability to control the spirit realm. And this is what he's talking about here, where he says that, and these signs shall follow them that believe. It's like he's saying that this works shall follow them that believe. The same way Jesus said, anyone that believes in me shall do these works and do greater works. He says, these signs, these works shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Now, devils there means demonic spirit. So how would they be able to cast out devils? It says, in my name. In other words, there's an authority that has been given to them in my name. It's called the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, God gave him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. In other words, in that name of Jesus, every authority bows. Every tongue confesses the Lordship of Jesus. Confesses that the authority of the name of Jesus is above theirs. So it says that in my name shall they cast out devils. In other words, in his name, we have authority to cast out demonic spirits. He says, in my name, they shall speak with new tongues. He says, in my name, they will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, he shall not hurt them. He says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So Jesus was saying that in his name, that means by this authority, that comes in the name of Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit. We will cast out devils. We will cast out demonic spirits. We will command them to go and they will go. He says, in that same name, we will speak with new tongues. And like I said, he says, at the name of Jesus, every knee bows, every authority bows, every tongue confesses that he is Lord over all. They confess to his lordship over everyone. And so he says, in my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink any deadly thing. It will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, you now see how in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, look at what the Bible says about Jesus in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Look at how Peter describes the ministry of Jesus in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. What is he saying? He says, our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with the miraculous ability of God, with the miraculous power of God. So God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with his spirit and with the miraculous ability of his. And he says, because God had anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with this miraculous power, he says he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. What does he mean by they were oppressed of the devil? That means that they were under the jurisdiction of the devil. They were under the authority of the devil. But he says he went about healing them. He was taking them out. He was delivering them from the authority of the devil. So the Bible says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his desert. In this same manner, God expects that as believers in Christ, now that he has given us his spirit, we ought to walk in this same power, going about casting out devils, ruling over 
spirits, ruling over demonic spirits, commanding angels that are also spirits to respond on our behalf. You know, I think Joshua, I just want us to begin to declare in the name of Jesus that we walk in the miraculous power and ability of God, that by the authority that God has given us in the name of Jesus, we walk in the miraculous power of God. It says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of power, the ability to command spirit, of power, authority over demonic spirits, authority over angels, authority over the spirit realm. Now we can go about in the name of Jesus, Casting out devils, casting out demonic spirits, controlling the land by the power of God, because God has given us authority. He says, at the name of Jesus, every new power, every new power, every one confesses that Jesus is Lord. We declare the name of Jesus that we walk in the miraculous power of God. We cast out devils, we lay hands on the sick and they recover. We cast out all spirits in the name of Jesus. We walk in authority by casting out devils, by opening the miraculous power. Of God in the name of Jesus, every day we go to we walk in power, signs follow us, signs and wonders. We cast out devils, we cast out demonic spirits, we speak with new tongues, we lay hands on the sick and they recover. We turn unpleasant situations around. Every situation that is oppressed by demonic spirits, we turn it around for good. In the name of Jesus, we exercise our authority in Christ by casting out devils, by controlling spirits, by rebuking evil spirits, by commanding angels to respond on our behalf. In the name of Jesus, we walk. In the miraculous power of God, because God has given us authority to tread upon snakes and scorpions and over every ability of the enemy. And it says, Nothing shall by any means hurt us. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. He has given us the spirit of power, the ability to walk in the miraculous power of God, the miraculous ability of God, that dynamic power of God that causes changes, that causes things to turn around. The Bible says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the only ghost and with power, he went about doing good. Healing all that are oppressed of the devil. Everywhere we go to, we heal all that are oppressed of the devil. We bring men out of the oppression of the devil. We deliver men from the oppression of the devil. In the name of Jesus, we ourselves cannot be oppressed by the devil because we have authority over spirits, power over spirits. We rebuke all unclean spirits. We rebuke sickness. We rebuke diseases. We rebuke infirmities. In the name of Jesus, we cast out devils. We speak with new tongues. Hallelujah. Now, the second is, you know, if you go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, I was saying to us that this authority that God has given the believer manifests in three ways. The first is authority over spirits. And that's why I just talked about ability to walk in the miraculous power of God, that miraculous ability of God to cast out devils, to control the spirit realm, to cast out unclean spirits, to rebuke evil spirits, and to, you know, command angels to walk on our behalf. Now, the second is authority over men. Now, you know, according to the word, authority over men is you loving it over them. You know, that was you, you know, controlling men, making them do your wish. But you see, in Christ, it's different. In Christ, authority over men is walking in love. Authority over men is service. Authority over men is humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God, serving others, not because you are foolish, but because that is what power really is. That is what authority really is. Now, Matthew chapter 20, we're going to read from verse 20 to 28. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 28. Now, you see how 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So, the first is power. That's the first manifestation of this spirit. That's the first manifestation of the authority that God has given us. The second is love, love towards men. Now, Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 28. Look at what Jesus said to the disciples. Now, 
Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 28. And you see, this is a very big lesson for us. You see, in the kingdom of God, those that walk in authority, the greatest are those that serve, not those that lord it over others. But in the world, it is different. And so walking in authority towards men is walking in love towards them. Now, look at this. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 28. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 28. Quickly, it says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said unto him, We are able. And he said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, this is it. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, their mother came worshiping Jesus and desired a certain thing of him. And in verse 21, the Bible says, Jesus asked her, what will you have me do? And she said unto him, grant that my two sons may sit one at your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. In other words, the woman was saying that I want them to be close to you in your kingdom. In other words, they should be on the greatest seats, closest to you in the kingdom. Now look at Jesus' response. Jesus answered, he says, you don't know what you are asking about. He says, are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Verse 23, he now said, you will indeed drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. So Jesus said that for them to be able to sit in the great seat close to me in the kingdom, for them to be able to have authority like me in the kingdom. He says, it's not for me to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. That means there are certain people for whom it is prepared of by the father. Now, in now goes further in verse 24. The Bible says, and when the other 10 disciples heard it, they were moved with indignation against the other two brethren, which was James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Verse 25, but Jesus called them unto him and said, ye know that the princes of the Gentiles, now Gentiles here means the nations of the world, how the world operates. He says, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. So Jesus said to them that you know the way the world operates, how that those that are great, they exercise dominion over others. In other words, they exercise authority over others. They lord it over others. That's the way the world operates. So he said, the princes of the Gentiles, those that are in positions of authority are in the world. They usually exercise dominion, exercise authority, lord it over others. But he says in verse 26 that, but it shall not be so amongst you. In other words, he's saying, in the kingdom of God, it's not so. That in the world, the way it happens is that those that are great, those that are in the positions of authority, they lord it over others. They exercise dominion. They exercise authority over others. But it says, amongst you. In other words, in the kingdom of God, it shall not be so. It says, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. In other words, anyone that would 
that would have authority amongst you. Anyone that will walk in authority towards men amongst you, he has to be the one that will minister. He has to be the one to save. And that's why I have to explain that this authority is manifested in different ways. There is that which is authority over spirit that controls the spirit realm. But there's the other one that is love towards the brethren, ability to serve, ability to minister unto human beings, ability not to lord want to lord it over them, but to serve them. In other words, ability to be trampled upon on that feet by others that means you, you are ready to walk in love towards them so that even when they trample you on that feet you don't you know you don't you don't try to you know you don't try to recover yourself but instead you understand that it's a sacrifice that you must pay and it says that it shall not be so among you whosoever will be great among you let him be your minister verse 27 it says and whosoever will be chief among you let him be your servant it goes further in verse 28 it says even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus explains to them how that he himself, the son of man, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. That he came to give his life a ransom for many. Letting them know what authority is, what, what you know, power over others means, what being in those great seats means. He says this is what authority is in the kingdom of God. It's not lording it over others. It's not exercising dominion and authority over others. But it's ministering to them, serving them. It's giving your life a ransom for them. So the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16 it says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life it was love that made him to give his life a ransom for many so jesus said what it means to be great in the kingdom or what it means to exercise authority over men it's not for you to lord it over them like the world does but it's for you to minister unto others it's for you to walk in love towards them it's for you to humble yourself and serve others it's for you to minister to them it's for you to be able to give your life give all that you have a ransom for them it's for you to be able to pay homage and pay service to them now if you also go to first john first john chapter three the book of first john chapter three first john chapter three first john chapter three first john chapter three we're going to read from verse 14 to 16. first john chapter three from verse 14 to 16. look at what john says in first john chapter three verse 14 to 16. so jesus was saying that having authority in the kingdom because the mother of the sons of Zebedee, she came to ask Jesus for a favor that she wanted her sons to sit on his right and on his left in his kingdom. You know what she's saying is where he bears rule because his kingdom is where he bears rule, where he rules. That in his kingdom, he, she wanted her sons to be on the right and on the left. In other words, they should be his right hand men. They should be able to channel, you know, turn out authority the same way Jesus does. And Jesus said, it's not for me to give, that is of my father. But let me just explain this to you, that in the world, those that have authority, those that have power, they lord it over others but in our kingdom it is opposite you have to be ready to serve just like i'm ready to give my life a ransom for many and that is what love is now if you look at this first john chapter 3 from verse 14 to 16 look at what he says john says we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren he that loveth not his brother abideth in death whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him he says Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, we ought also to lay down our life for the brethren. Now, he says in from verse 14, he says, we know we have passed from death unto life. In other words, the reason why we are assured and we know that we are no more in the realm of death, because those that are in the world, they are in the realm of death. He says the reason why we know we have passed, we have crossed over from the realm of death to the realm of life is because we love the brethren. And that's why I was telling you that exercising authority towards men is walking in love towards them. Because he says the only way we guarantee, the only way we know that we have passed from death unto life is that we love the brethren. In other words, is that we love men, we walk in love towards others. That's the only way we can know. That's the only way we can ascertain 
saying that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. It now goes for that. If you look at verse 16, it says, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought also to lay down our lives for brethren. So it's that he begins to tell us how that God told how to lay down his life for us. And in this same manner, we too, we ought to lay down our life for the brethren. And he says, This is love that we can lay down our life for the brethren. This is how we know we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Because in the realm of death, everyone is selfish. Everyone is self-centered. Everyone wants it to be all about him. But he says in the realm of life, it is the opposite. We walk in love towards others. We sacrifice everything for others. Now, if you look at Philippians chapter 2, you see how Paul began to tell the church in Philippi. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter 2. We are going to read from verse 2 to 11. And this is what love is. This is what it means when it says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love. And that's how we can walk in authority towards others. You know, every time you lord it over others, you feel good about yourself. But you see, deep down within you, you will never be satisfied. And that is what authority is in the world. You see people struggle for power because they want to have authority over others. They want to be able to control people. But you see, at the end of the day, those things will give you some temporary joy, some temporary happiness. But it doesn't give you that deep satisfaction but check it out every time you make a sacrifice of someone every time someone spoke evil against you and you decided to forgive you decided to ignore the truth of the matter is you feel wonderful about yourself you are so satisfied you know at that point there's nothing disturbed you are, you are satisfied you are content with what you have he says that is authority towards men that you can walk in love that you can lay down your ego for others that you can lay down all that you have for others now look at what paul began to tell the church in philippi in philippians chapter 2 from verse 2 to 11 he says Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. He says, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ. In other words, if you read from verse 2, you see how he began to say that, fulfill ye my joy, that you are like-minded, having the same love. In other words, this love towards brethren. Being of one accord of woman, he says, let nothing be done to strive for vain glory. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem each other better than they say. So imagine, in our kingdom, he says, we should esteem other people better than ourselves. So, you know, for the man in authority, because he's in authority, he believes he's better than everybody. So he's controlling them, he's calling the shots, he's lodging it over them. But he says that in our kingdom, let nothing be done to strive for vain glory. But in loneliness of mind, let each one of us esteem other people better than ourselves. He says, look not every man on his own things. In other words, don't be selfish, don't be self-centered. But every man also on the things of others. He says, let this man be in you which was also in Christ. In other words, he's saying that, let have this kind of mindset that Jesus had. That this is the same kind of mindset that Jesus had that made him do the things that he did. That he could pay the price for us on the cross. That was driven by love. He says, this is the mindset. He says, let this man be in you which was also in Christ. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be called God. In other words, as believers, he's saying that there are times when you, you might know, you know that you have the opportunity to lord it over others you have the opportunity to rule over them to exercise authority over them but you see you decide not to and that is what jesus did he says who being in the form of god he thought it not robbery to be equal with god in other words he was in the form of god he thought it not robbery to be on the same level with god but guess what he says but made himself of no reputation just because he wanted to walk in love towards us just because he wanted to give his life a ransom for us he says that he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even death of the cross. He says, wherefore, God also had highly exalted him. And this is what guarantees greatness in this kingdom. And that's what Jesus was telling Zeb, the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, that see, in my kingdom, 
it's not going to just be about you saying oh let me let them be on my right and my left that it is prepared for those it is for those that my father has prepared them for and he now begins to explain to the disciples how that outside in the world those that are princes of the gentiles they exercise authority over them they lord it over them but in our kingdom it is not so you must be ready to serve you must be ready to minister unto others you may be ready to humble yourself sacrifice for them and he says in that same manner i'm giving my life a ransom for many in that same manner paul says let this man be you which also is in christ in other words he says we should have this same mindset how that even though jesus was in the same form of god he taught it not robbery to be equal with god but he made himself of no reputation and he says he took upon himself the form of a servant, was making likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death of the cross. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. So, because of the authority, he had authority, so much authority, but he decided not to use it. He humbled himself. He took upon himself the form of a servant just because he wanted to walk in love towards us, just because he wanted to bring us from the realm of death to the realm of life. He had to humble himself, and God exalted him and gave him a name above every other name that had the name of Jesus every issue about and it guaranteed authority eventually but you see for him to get this guaranteed authority he first humbled himself he first became obedient to death he first took upon himself the form of a servant so paul says let this man also be you which also in christ and this is what jesus was explaining that you must be ready to serve you must be ready to minister to others you must be ready to walk in love towards them now first corinthians chapter 13 perfectly captures it paul captures it perfectly in first corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1 look at what he says in first corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 about love First Corinthians chapter 13, Paul captures it perfectly. He says, First Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, and become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. So he says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. In other words, do I walk in gifts? Do I walk in the miraculous power of God? He says, if I have not charity and become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He says, Do I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge? And though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and, and have no charity, I am nothing. So it's letting you know that even though you, you have the ability to walk in faith, you have the ability to work, you know, to speak in tongues, you have the you have the gift of prophecy, you understand mysteries, you have all knowledge. It says, if you have not love, you are nothing. Verse 3 it says, Do I bestow all my goods to feed the poor? And do I give my body to be born and have no charity? It profited me nothing. It says, charity or love suffered long. In other words, love suffered long. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Charity envied not. Charity vaunted not itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. So love is not selfish. Love does not seek its own. It's not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. He says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. Verse 13, he says, now and now abided faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of this is charity. He says, now abided faith, hope, love. 
these three but the greatest of this is love you know at this church i just want us to begin to declare in the name of jesus that we walk in love towards men and you see this love is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit and this is the only way you can walk in authority towards men you know have you ever been in a situation where you know like i said you you had the opportunity to lord it over someone maybe you got into a fight with someone and you actually beat the person you know and after beating the person you know people begin to hear you especially if maybe when we were younger when you were in secondary school in high school you know if you have a fight with someone a physical fight and you beat the person your friends will be hailing you people will be hailing you and have you ever been in a situation where after beating that person when you are alone after a while you began to feel bad about you like you weren't feeling satisfied you felt so weak within yourself have you seen where you can exercise authority physically but deep within you you feel so weak you feel so weak you feel so unsatisfied that's what he's talking about how that is only love that conquers all it's love that is everything love is all encompassing love is the greatest but you see if for any reason you had the opportunity to lord it over someone and you didn't do it at that point you feel so when you are alone you feel so satisfied knowing that you had the opportunity to lord it over the person but you did not and that's what gives authority that's what gives exaltation that's what causes us to walk in authority towards men you know at this church i just want us to begin to declare in the name of jesus that we walk in love towards every man that we walk in love that we walk in humility we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of god that we save others we do not lord it over others in the name of jesus he says god has not given us the spirit of care but of power of love and of assignment can we just begin to declare in the name of jesus that we walk in love towards everyone and the bible says that this love is shed abroad in our asked by the Holy Spirit giving to us. Let's just declare in the name of Jesus that we walk in love. We walk in love just as Christ has loved us. We walk in love. Paul says, let this man be in you which was also in Christ. Who being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. That is what love is. Love does not seek its own. Love is not selfish. Love is not puffed up. Love does not vaunt itself against you know, you know, love is not proud. Love is, love is more about others. Love is not self-centered. Love is not selfish. Love believes all things. Love does not speak evil of others. Can we just begin to declare in the name of Jesus and walk in love towards us. That's in the name of Jesus. This love that has been given to us that is shared about in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We walk in love. We walk in love towards others in the name of Jesus. By the enablement of the Spirit of God, we walk in love. We exercise authority over them by walking in love towards them. In the name of Jesus, we walk in love. We minister unto others just like Christ has loved us. We walk in love towards others. In the name of Jesus, we do not lord it over men, but instead we serve. Instead, you know, we, we, we serve. We humble ourselves, oh God, to draw men unto Christ in the name of Jesus. We walk in love towards others. We walk in love towards men in the name of Jesus. In the same way in which Christ walked in love towards us, the Bible says we know we are passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Therefore, we walk in love. We walk in love. He says, Do I speak with tongues of men and of angels? And I have not love. I am nothing. Do I have the gift of prophet and understand all? mysteries and all knowledge and so i have all faith if i have not love i'm not in. we walk in love towards men in the name of jesus we walk in love we lay down our lives for the brethren in the name of jesus thank you lord jesus for answer prayers in jesus name now finally the last manifestation of authority of the believer is authority over self the ability to control yourself, self-discipline. Now, if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where it says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, sound mind there means 
self-discipline it means self-control now in the greek that's actually what it means so even though it's called sound mind soundness of mind is like he's saying intelligence and intelligence is self-discipline ability to control yourself ability to call yourself to order so he says god has not given us the spirit of death but he has given us the spirit of power of love and of a sound mind and i was saying to us that these are the three different manifestations of the authority of the believer how we have authority power is authority over spirit love is authority over men and the third is sound mind which is self-control some virtues of the bible actually causes it self-control discipline ability to call yourself to order ability to tame yourself to control yourself now talking about this authority over self and ability to control yourself you know one of the major things that a man must be able to control for him to be able to control himself or his all being are his thoughts if he can control his thoughts then he can control his words and guess what his words will control his life and so the bible says in proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 that as a man thinketh in his heart so he is you know that was as he thinks in his heart so he is so your thoughts actually control your life you are your thoughts but you see the major problem are your words but the truth is it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks so if i'm going to control my words the first thing i must do is to control my thoughts and that's what it calls sound mind soundness of mind self-control ability to control your thoughts control your emotions self-discipline now proverbs 23 7 says as he thinketh in his heart so he is now james chapter 3 quickly james chapter 3 the book of james chapter 3 james chapter 3 james chapter 3 we're going to read james chapter 3 we're going to read from verse 1 quickly james chapter 3 from verse 1 he says my brethren be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. He says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Look at what he says. I told you sound mind is self-control, ability to call yourself to order, self-discipline, soundness of mind, ability to control your thoughts and your emotions. Now, look at this. He says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. So it says a perfect man is someone that does not offend the world. It says, and is able to bridle the whole body. So once a man can control his words, once a man can control his tongue, it says that man is perfect and he can control his whole body. Now it says in verse 3, it says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. In other words, it says, because we want the horses to obey us, we put bits in their mouth so that they can obey us. It says, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small M, whithersoever the governor listed. He says, even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasted great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire can kindle. Look at what he's, he's saying that the tongue is a little member of the body. But guess what? This tongue is what controls the whole man. It's what controls the whole body. So he says, and the, even so, the tongue is a little member and posted great things behold how great a matter a little fire can kindle so he's saying you know, how great a matter that little part of your body called your tongue can kindle it goes for that in verse he says and the tongue is a fire a word of iniquity so is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and set it on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and had been tamed of mankind but the tongue can no man tame 
It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So it says there's nothing that's not been tamed in this world, but that there's something that no man can tame. It's called the tongue. And that's why it says God has not given him the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Now, this spirit is the spirit of soundness of mind, the spirit of self-control, the spirit that helps us to control our tongue because it says everything has been tamed, but no one can control the tongue. It will take the Holy Spirit for you to be able to control your words. And the first thing the Holy Spirit will do is to control your thoughts through the scriptures. Now, he goes further. He says, in verse 8, it says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. It says, There we bless we God, even the Father, and there we curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain set forth at the same place, sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine, figs, so can no fountain yield both salt water and fresh. Look at what it says in verse 13. It says, Who is a wise man? And endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Now he says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, a good manner of life, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. He says, This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. He says, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that makes peace. So one of the things James is trying to let you know here is that the tongue is what controls the life of a man. That the tongue is something that no human being can control. But guess what? God has given us the spirit of self-control, the spirit of sound mind, that spirit that gives us the ability to be able to control our tongue. Because he says in verse 2 that if any man offend not in word, the same is perfect and able also to breathe the over. In other words, if any man can control his tongue, if by any chance you can control your tongue, then you are able to control your whole body. And that's what he says here. In our gospel in verse 13 of James chapter 3, he says, who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, out of a good communication, his work with meekness of wisdom. So he says, if you want to see a wise man and do with knowledge, he says he will show it through his speech, by the way he talks, through his conversation. Do we see his works with meekness of wisdom? He says, that's how you know a wise man endued with knowledge. Now, I was saying to us that our thoughts actually control our words. And you see how Paul began to emphasize in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He began to emphasize to the church in Philippi how they had to control their thoughts. They had to control the things that they were thinking about or thinking upon. Now, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Look at what he says. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he says, think on these things. What is he saying to you? He said, Paul says, he says, see, you have the opportunity to think on anything you want to think about. But he says, control yourself to think on these particular things. He says, whatever things are true, he's talking about the word of God, because the Bible says his word is truth. He says, whatever things are honest, there's nothing honest apart from the scriptures. He says, whatever things are just, are pure, are lovely, are of good report. The only good report we have is the good news of Jesus. He says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So he's saying, don't allow your mind to wander about. Think on these things, things that are pure, things that are just, that are lovely. He's saying, think upon the word of God. Think upon the truth of God. So Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can prove what is that good 
acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if I can renew my mind, if I can renew my thoughts, because God has given me the spirit of self-control, soundness of mind, ability to control myself, self-discipline, ability to call myself to order, to control my thoughts, then he says, I'll be able to transform myself. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, finally, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10, and then we'll pray. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. Still talking about self-control. So it says that God has given us the spirit of sound mind. And I told you, sound mind there is self-control, soundness of my ability to control your thoughts and your emotions. And of course, once you are able to control your thoughts, then you'll be able to control your words. And James says that this tongue is a little member of the body, but it can kindle, it can kindle much fire. It's just a little part of the body. But if any man can control it, then you are a perfect man. Then you are able to control your whole body. Now look at this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. It says... Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are there unto call that you should inherit a blessing. Look at verse 10. It says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his true evil and do good. Let him seek peace and eschew it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. But verse 10 is really where I'm going to. It says, He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from speaking evil, and his lips that they speak no guy. It says, Anyone that will love life and see good days, let him refrain. In other words, he has the ability to control himself. Let him refrain. Let him control his tongue. He says, anyone that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no God. You know, at this juncture, as we off, I just want us to declare in the name of Jesus that we walk in authority over ourselves. We walk in authority over ourselves. In other words, we put ourselves under self-control. We discipline ourselves. We walk in self-control. Soundness of mind. We are able to control our thoughts and our emotions. And therefore,